Hello everyone, um, Happy New Year's 2020, it's, uh, it's Shahid here, um, we've got a very special podcast today, um, we're talking about a new mini documentary um, about diversity in healthcare advertising, and we've got with us today a very special panel, we've got the founders, the makers of the film, and some, uh, some guests who are on the film too, so we've got Rich, um, who's commercials director and founder of Healthy Films, hello Rich. Hello, hey, nice how are you? To- Nice to be on. I'm, I'm ill, so uh, I hope nobody can catch anything from this. Um, but no, great to be on. Excited to talk about this. Yeah, that would be quite a, a viral hit if anyone got ill from listening to you. So, uh, God, hey. uh, dad pun jokes there. Um, and talking about dads, we've got Dimitu, uh, who's a planner from Publicist Health. Hello, Dimmy. Dimitu. Hello. Brother. And uh, congratulations on your new new baby. Thank so, you very uh, much. Uh, I guess this is the equivalent of sleep for you. It really it? is. It, this is genuine yeah. respite. This is the nice <laughs> bit. And of course, you're in the film, um, so it'd be great to get your insights a little bit later on. Um, and last but not least, we've got the legend that is Faisal, Faisal Ahmed, who is uh, Digital Transformation at Sudler. Hello, Faisal. <laughs> How you doing? Right, happy New Year. <laughs> Well, we we need to get you on a podcast for ages because of course you have your own podcast which is like you know internet sensation biggest podcast in healthcare i believe the viral hit, the yeah. viral bit well, the longest running longest running and, and uh yeah you, you have the most amount of um, listeners as well don't you most amount of downloads yeah too many too many too many <laughs> so uh so anyway you don't you don't want to plug it to everyone listening to this who hasn't listened to yours Nah, that's fine. Nah, it's shit. <laughs> anyway, compared to this. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, um, we're here to talk about your new little mini documentary. Um, you approached me a few months ago, I think, about this project, and it sounded hugely exciting. And I thought it would be fantastic if the Creative Floor in any way could help support, get this message out for you. So, I guess it would be worth just starting from the very beginning in terms of you know how it came about and why you wanted to do it i mean obviously all of us especially you and me shahid have been talking about diversity for too long since we met 10 years ago yeah um so this is just a follow-on so we all were in or we all involved with the first film so we did a film which i don't know if everyone's sort of watched but we did a did one in consumer called diversity in advertising which was what, 2011, 2000, we kicked it off? I think that's right. Um, Long ago, God, yeah. 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 So what that did, and that was amazing, because at the time no one was talking about diversity in advertising. If you search for diversity on Twitter or LinkedIn, all you would have found was the diversity, the group. (laughs) Yeah, the dance group, yeah. The dance group. So no one was talking about it. Now we've got so much people talking about it. But that film kicked off a whole conversation um so obviously you guys were in the film me and rich produced it developed it etc um and we had some famous people from advertising in it but the key thing was i don't know if dimmy wants to jump in because he was there as well but we had a launch at the ipa um and it had every single top person every advertising agency and government and the mayor of london office and everyone in there and ev- the whole room started talking about sh- saying shit we actually need to start doing something yeah um she kicked off the whole conversation so someone in the room mentioned um 
sort of blind resumes, which everyone uses now. Mm. Uh, people started recruiting from different backgrounds. Obviously, Idea Foundation were involved as well. Yeah. So, so the idea was actually we need to kick that conversation off in healthcare because healthcare, obviously, consumer advertising is important. We need to see diversity mm. in advertising, but it's more important, I personally think, in healthcare. Mm. Uh, just because if you walk into doctor surgery, you walk into a hospital, it's Asians, it's Europeans as nurses. Um, but if you walk into a healthcare advertising agency, it's two Asians, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, oh, yeah, you're right. It, the, the agencies don't necessarily reflect uh, the audiences that we're talking to, right? I remember I was working with some creators and we were making adverts for diabetes patients and it was a white age, um, sorry, white middle-class woman. When, if you look at a diversity patient group and, and Dimmy jump in, cause obviously you're the planner, but a lot of diversity patients are Asian yeah. or from minorities and none of the adverts reflect that. And also yeah. there was, there's so much kind of cultural, influence you really need to unpack when you go into why though those subgroups suffer from diabetes more than anyone else and i mean my that's it's one of my pet topics because when i um started to like want to find out about that group i just went and talked to my dad as most asian guys can or girls can do because most of our dads tend to fit the archetype of pre-diabetic diabetic and also the the mindset of this is just how I am. I'm not going to change. And the work, the information, the leaflets don't talk to them. I remember one thing with my dad was that because he had, he'd been given a leaflet by his doctor, the doctor had obviously recommended a, a healthier diet, but then you have to be very clear with what that healthier diet means. And because my dad is brown, they gave him a leaflet in Urdu. <laughs> He's Sri Lankan, isn't he? He's Sri Lankan. <laughs> he just went, what? Like, same thing. Same, th- same thing, apparently. Like, and it just, he brought it home and went, what am I supposed to do with this? I, I didn't have an answer. I was like, okay. And I just thought that that's so telling of, okay, there's a degree of insight into, okay, the people we're talking to respond to either linguistic or cultural, culturally based uh, information but they have no okay assets ways to actually give that information in a basically non-offensive way and i think that's that was yeah. that's i think it's a really good example of how telling the problem is and how there's a massive disconnect between what this information we're trying to get across is and how we're doing it for the people who need it and it's that's such a fundamental yeah. basic principle of communications in health or anything Oh, I, I wish you had said that in the in the film, Timmy. Yeah, Ma- you, have, Ma- well, you can edit it in that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we were asking the wrong the wrong wrong questions, um, but no, it's a it's a great point. Yeah, I mean that's that's why the film's there. I mean, we don't want any. I mean, everyone diversity is a bit of at the moment. It's a bit of a buzzword because people who have done nothing in diversity are winning awards for being a diversity advocate. We don't want any of that. We just want to kick off the debate and change things up. So we have the best solution as for Dimmy's dad. Mm. Do you see what I mean? That's what we need to do. So, I mean, out of interest, I mean, when you talk about your dad, Dimmy, it sounds so obvious, 
and it sounds like you know a no it's just com- simple common sense what what do you think it is that's missing that sort of you know there isn't that bridge to connect between communications to your dad because when you say you said it very articulately and you just sat there going well this is just absolutely insane and there are a lot of clever people in communication agencies where, where and you you work in one so where's where's the gap and what's the problem I don't think we listen enough. I don't think we actually work backwards from the person we're trying to treat and actually work out who they are and what they look like enough. I think we do a lot of push comms, which is here's the brand, here's the brand world, here's the message, let's get out on a detail aid on a website on display advertising. And we don't really go, what is the thing that's actually going to change that person? How do we work back from that? Because I think they're, the 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 logistics of how we work in terms of project management time frames budgeting uh delivery annual kind of repeat cycles is disconnected from spending some time going okay let me just go and do a bit of ethnography um and actually get spend some time in a doctor surgery and go okay this is where the des- disconnect is here's a really simple thing to fix it i just think they're there's there's a culture of doing and there's a culture of listening and i think they are to a degree in our environment not mutually exclusive but they rarely go together yeah i mean i i have a kind of a point back to your first question which is you know i didn't want to make this you know i've got I, i'm a i'm <laughs> a, a gun to your head yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm not a documentary <laughs> filmmaker i'm a commercial corporate filmmaker you know it's not uh, yeah, I, I'm not going around looking for kind of stories to tell in this world. It's, you know, me and Faisal made this film uh, or made a version of this film 10, ten years ago. <clears throat> and, and he shared some stats with me. And I think that some of the stats kind of show the root cause of the problem. 97.10% of chairs, CEOs, MDs are white. You know, that was the case in 2018. 97.10%. In 2017, year before, it was 97.20%. So, or 97.2%. So essentially, it's a, a, a tenth percent in one year. And it, to me, just illustrated that the people at the top of these agencies are seeing the world through their prism. And if things from the top are so unbalanced in such a specific way, then of course everything that filters down beneath that um, is the same. So I, you know, I just thought straight away, there's a story here that needs to be told. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be told, and it would almost be negligent on my behalf. Um, you know, Faisal felt the same. If we didn't at least shine a light, you know, that's all we can do. I'm, I'm, I'm not really in of the world. You know. I work with healthcare agencies um, and also it's a really sort of kind of a risk to go into healthcare agencies and proclaim, you know, something to tell people what they should be doing. Um, but so essentially what we want to do is, yeah, shine, shine a light. What do you think the solution is? Actually? I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's one diamond bullet, right? I think, I think one of the, the sort of myths to maybe, I'm um, picking we can do this in the podcast if you want is what is diversity I mean just picking up yeah. on your point rich about you know that you know there are too many white people in CEO 
in chairman positions, then you you know devil's advocate could say, well, what's wrong with that if they're, if they're the best people to do that role? And you know, I, I, I was sort of listening to another podcast a couple of days ago on diversity, and uh, the chap who was who was on it basically said, you know, he went to a talk around diversity, and this this guy was basically saying, you know, diversity is just a nonsense because, quite frankly, if I'm looking for the best rowing team. I want the strongest rowers and if they all happen to be white and from middle-class backgrounds but they're the strongest then that's who I'm going to pick and so it doesn't really matter whether I want somebody who's maybe from an Asian background or a Chinese background or whatever if they're not as strong or as good and where their, their podcast went down which I thought was really interesting was well that's if you're talking about linear tasks so if you're talking about the fastest runner and Usain Bolt's there you know, you're not going to replace the Jamaican team is not going to replace Usain Bolt with somebody who isn't as fast as him, regardless of where they're from. But then they started talking about complex challenges require coverage. And that only comes through thinking through diversity. And they gave uh, one example, which I found quite interesting. So this is a bit of a tangent from healthcare advertising, I suppose. But they were talking about how 9-11 started and came about and you know one of the sort of gaps was in the cia where they had a huge amount of talent you know a huge amount of uh, resource and you know all the resources from the united states the smartest people the smartest data analytical types um, but they all came from very very similar backgrounds um very highly educated all middle class and all those sorts of things but the reason why they missed the attack was just basically through a lack of coverage and, and a lack of diversity they didn't bring in different types of thinking or different types of people to actually go hang on a sec guys we've sort of missed a trick here because this could be a potential problem now obviously that, that was big uh, you know conversation to go down but it was just one example that diversity in terms of its importance shouldn't be seen as a linear thing you know when you're trying to challenge or, or answer the world's hardest or toughest or most complex challenges you can only do that by covering your blind spots so you know diversity is all about bringing lots of things that no one else can and you know that's not to say you 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 sort of discard expertise or any of those sorts of things. But the last thing you need in any organization that's going to be fit for, for purpose or fit for the future is trying to come up with a bunch of people that are all homogenized or mirroring each other because then you don't get an uplift. So I don't know if that's really answered it, but I think that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I buy that. And I think that that's 100% it. I, I guess from, from my point of view, I... You know, we, we asked white people, and, and I hate using these terms, I guess it's just the language that, you know, we're left with. Um, but we'd ask white people, what's the benefit of diversity? And you'd get answers like, you know what, it's great for clients. It's good to tackle briefs. It's good for people of different backgrounds to come to a meeting and exchange ideas. And then, you know, we'd ask a black person, what's the benefit? And that's it's some, you know, in a specific instance, somebody said, it just makes the office a nicer place to be. And for me, I have no interest really in going in to an agency and saying, you know what, you could increase your profit margins if you have uh, you know, more, a more diverse uh, workforce. What I do have an interest in is saying you could make the work, workplace a nicer place to be for everybody. 
if you include everybody. So that, I mean, that's the angle that kind of spurred me into wanting to make this. And it's where this became a really personal exercise that you know, actually started to, you know, legitimately get me emotionally when I hear some of these answers about it just being nicer. So that that's, that's my angle. It's not to discredit the fact that yeah. for sure, a range of opinions is valuable for work and to reach clients, reach audiences, to to reach more audiences. All of that stuff's very important too. I'm I'm pondering that thought because I, I, I like it. I, li- I, I, I like the emotional angle and I think it's right. But equally, I think the going into a business person's office or an agency leader's office and saying, I can make you more profitable is a really comparing that compelling narrative. Because what I think one of the things about this conversation is we need to turn it from a conversation, which it has been for a long time, into something that is more tangible in action so that we can see kind of a significant shift in a short period of time. And I think the most, to me, a tangible way of doing that is to find, position it as a, a business opportunity so in a simple line diversity is good for business if you take the example of my dad the if there was a piece of single piece of communication that was from the pharma company or the physician that helps my dad understand how to manage his diabetes better was potentially sponsored co-authored endorsed by a brand then he would have been connected by a brand going, this brand understands me. Therefore, I will, if the doctor recommends it to me, I will take it. Therefore, tick one sale. And I think if we can show the connectivity between understanding your audience, greater sales, and the fact that the understanding your audience comes from having people from that culture in the room so you don't have to necessarily do research for it, then I think it closes a really neat loop. And there's a there's a commercial value to that person in the room, as opposed to them just being the, it's a good thing to do. And I think the good thing to do is an important argument, but I think in order for us to really drive change, we need to play the game of the people who are at the top. And I think there's nice and then there's commercial value. And I think positioning diversity is good for business would be basically a catalyst to bringing the right people into teams, especially. I, I think it's just, I, I've heard so many business chair CEO people say it's good for business that I, I've just reached the point where I'm like, okay, that's that's great, good good for you, but let's let's you know why wh- why is it good for the people? And I, I, I you know I completely money talks all all the rest of it. I completely buy that. I understand it, and I think that is that is the motivating factor for a lot of these companies that start implementing um certain practices and whether that's good or bad you know is a conversation in itself it's just like i have heard that from so many people mm. and and i i, I don't I, I i don't know you kind of start wrestling with um morality in business and all the rest of it i just think what's lost and what has been lost in this conversation and what was certainly illuminating to me was that it has a tangible moral change to people's lives. Um, and I just think, and it's, it's certainly not directed at anybody here, but I think just certain business chair CEO folk have overlooked that. 
Yeah, I mean, there is a point there to be made, I suppose, isn't there? It's like, you know, be good and you'll you'll get richer. Where well, I guess what you're saying, Rich, is well, just be good because you're just, you know, that's just a human trait. Just be good. Just be nice, you know. I'm trying to... Well, it will motivate your workforce. <laughs> yeah, I'm, get, I'm obviously yeah. simplifying, you know, what you guys said very articulately. But I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess where Demi's coming from, I'm just playing devil's advocate on myself, I guess, on this point too, is that communications today is all around going down a personalization route anyway. And I guess using Demi's dad as an example is that, you know, certain communications within healthcare lose that personalization because they just have a generic shot of a white person or a brown mm. person and they assume that he speaks Urdu or Hindi or Bengali when the dude's Sri Lankan you know or whatever so so I think I think you know there is there is a case to say around you know communications is all around personalization and if we don't personalize around the diverse groups within our markets then you know we're not really doing our job and I then I take your point Rich where it there is there is this sort of like you know being good equals more profit so be good there is something quite ugly about it there was an undertone of well if i'm not going to be good then i'm not going to make a lot of money so i might as well i might as well be good because it's good for shareholders and then you know it, there's there's something quite dark but realistic i guess at the same time which i think companies need to be both is my point yeah, not one or the other yeah totally totally um but but i guess i guess you know the angle that i when i saw the film um and what i got from it was uh it just makes our product better I guess, right? Because in the end, all communication agencies within health or, or or not health or fashion or whatever, in the end, you're making something, you know, whether you're making uh, an experience at a congress or you're making an experience online or you've got a story to tell or whatever it happens to be, it's a product. And the whole remit and I guess the whole the thing that I loved about being part of the film was that it's just trying to inspire agencies and, and people to think, you know, it's not just about you know, hiring people like yourselves to just create, you know, good work or work that you've seen before. It's about doing things differently. And it's about pushing boundaries. It's about making our product better. And one easy way of doing that is to basically get different types of people around the table. Um, you know, there was, there was, there was this um, psychological thing where people in managerial positions who are responsible for hiring people will always go to generally hiring people like themselves because it makes them feel better. It's just a human psychological point. And what what research has found is that those organizations actually don't ever end up being better because, as I sort of made the point earlier, is that they don't really have that additional coverage. You know, they don't have that different coverage of thinking through diverse backgrounds, all those sorts of things. No, but I think there's an interesting thing there as well in terms of, and I, I know I appreciate I might be coming across as quite a cold commercial cutting take on the value of diversity. But I think in order for us to kind of take it out, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that I'm exploring different ways of talking about it. Um, but another thing that I think is interesting is the recruitment process and how that perpetuates homogeneity within the workforce and how actually by going into schools, universities, cultures, areas who aren't typically the type of people who would think about advertising and de- definitely think about healthcare advertising coming in is an interesting thing. And I think this, that's interesting twofold. One, because fundamentally as agencies, we are trying to differentiate ourselves from each other. 
And if we have this kind of perpetual merry-go-round of hiring from other big um, international networks, then effectively we are just perpetuating the homogenization because all we're doing is just swilling the same talent over and over again. And therefore, how are we going to be different really um, unless we intrinsically are different because of the people we're bringing in because they're coming from different worlds backgrounds types of thinking and when it then when i talk about diversity i don't just mean black white brown whatever i mean i want to um see people who are coming from a tech environment who would never think about advertising and never think about health wanting to come to our environment i want different neurodiversities coming into our environment because i think this is part of the conversation that is often missed that different ways of thinking is just as useful to creative differentiation as much as race or creed differentiation um i i think that, i think it's a great point and i think it, it's something um tara page i think it was from Sudler. Uh, the MD touched upon, uh, as Shahid said, unconscious bias. It's a real thing. It happens. Uh, and so I think they've implemented um, blind CVs um, as a way of kind of circumnavigating that. It was something that interested me in the making of it when I was talking to Faisal. Faisal you know, told me that a lot of the roots of um, advertising come from working class uh, people and how that's kind of been lost, you know. Now it's you know very much middle class. Everyone's you know, it's a re revolving door of talent in all these agencies for a spell. I, I don't know. It's just something we didn't fully ever really explore. Again, it's a short documentary. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, Faisal. Do do you think that kind of working class route has been lost? And if yeah, it has, how do we get it back? Yeah. I mean, a, a good I tell you what. A good example is. When we launched the first film back in 2011, one of the big agencies, we were, I was chatting to the creative director and the HR person, and they were like, well, we need more diversity, we need more diversity. And I said, well, how do you do your recruitment? And I said, well, we go to, we go to Cambridge <laughs> and, we go to Oxford, <laughs> and we recruit planners and, and people from there. Um, and I was thinking, well, actually... They just have one way of thinking that's never going to work. Um, and they just didn't understand that actually they had to go out to other places looking at working class people. Um, but if that's the history of advertising, isn't it? I mean, if you look at advertising, Shahid, jump in. But um, if you look at advertising in the 40s and 50s, it was all um, upper middle class. It was quite plain. Um, and then in the U and in America, then you, you had... DDB, um, so you had um, Birnbach, who was Jewish. He was from, I think he was from, the, he was, I think he was from Brooklyn, um, and he hired people from different backgrounds, and that changed advertising in America. And then if you look at Colin Dickinson and Pierce in the UK, they hired working-class people. If you look at all the advertising legends at the moment, what we, we look at, Dave Trott, is from the East End. Dave Dye, East End working class. Um, John Hegarty, working class. They changed advertising in in the sixties and seventies, didn't they? I mean, even if you look at um, Peter Mead, for say the Abbott Mead Vickers, you know, he was from the East End and he started off in the post room and ended up, you know, owning biggest agency, you know, in uh, in Europe and sold it and made a lot of money. And that was, you know, 
a lot of stories are similar to that of John Hegarty and, and all those types of people. Yeah. Um, and you don't really get that anymore, do you? Um, you look at you look mm-hmm. a lot of job roles at the moment, and they're looking for X amount of years experience and this, that, and the other. Everyone's looking for they want to be reassured that they, they they've got a safe pair of hands, mm-hmm. and that's important. You know, everyone you always need a safe pair of hands, and you need expertise, and you need knowledge. But I've never seen a job that just says no experience needed. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I, I guess that that would be maybe that's where success lies in the end. It's just people are just going to have a few roles open within agencies just to give people a bit of a long shot, you know, and they're prepared to maybe, you know, maybe not get the right types of people in, in the beginning. I mean, we, we you know, we've, I've experienced it on both ends. I've experienced it where we've got people into the agency where, you know, they're completely, you know, not, not you know, the sorts of people you'd imagine ever working in healthcare who absolutely bomb, but then you get those that absolutely thrive and just do incredibly well because they just think so differently and because they've just had a different upbringing, they have a different background, they haven't gone through the same education process, but they give you so much more that you could never necessarily get from the same types of people that just keep coming into the agency. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's all aspects, isn't it? It's disabilities. Yeah. We need to. But I mean, we have, I mean, we talk about, Dimi talks about look at ethnography and if you had different background in that briefing, in that when you're concepting and stuff, you'll have a total different solution. Look at, I think, is it IKEA disabilities? Yeah. Do you see what yeah. I mean? That, since that um, one at Cannes, that's so many agencies are saying, well, actually, we need more people with disabilities to work on briefs stuff as well i mean it's bad that it's taken an isn't it's bad that it's taken an award for people to realize that yeah but they need i mean we need all the different patient groups involved in briefing and you'll get the, the best solution i i was gonna say i don't i don't think it's by any mistake that uh so we in the in the documentary we have matt eagles who's had parkinson's i think since he was seven um and he features, you know, he works for Havas Links. And I don't think it's any mistake that we had him, I think we, Sophie Chapman, HR director, and a couple of other people from Havas, and that they seem so aware of these issues. <laughs> you know, not to kind of call anybody out, but they seem so aware of these issues and they're so conscious and they support the film so much. I mean, we, not to get too down and dirty, but we had agencies who didn't want to be involved and they just didn't seem prepared for this conversation. And maybe they haven't had their own internal meetings about how they need to think about them. And maybe they're not even on the radar of needing to think about them and have acid doing so well as an agency. It just, why would somebody not want to be involved in any form of initiative around diversity? Well, I mean, I think they're just scared of saying the wrong thing. You put somebody in front of camera, you say rolling action forevermore, what they say is captured. It, and if they just haven't had the training, maybe they're say, scared of saying the wrong word, the, you know, the wrong phrase. I don't know. It's, not, it's, a, it's a touchy subject, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you bring it up, and that's the problem as well with, I mean, if you look at diversity, if you just search diversity on Twitter, if you talk, if you see the people talking about it, people are just talking they're not actually doing yeah yeah so i think that's a major issue as well is actually you get caught out because diversity has so many different 
issue, I mean, there's so many different complexes. If you look at disabilities, do you have an office set up for people with disabilities? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I, there's not that many agencies. When you hire Asian, say you hire Asian people, Muslim, um, there's a massive thing with most agencies I've worked at is this Friday there's free drinks or there's free alcohol or Fridays people go to the pub, etc. How do you accommodate that Muslim person who doesn't drink? Because when I when I haven't drunk, people look to me in a weird way. They think <laughs> I just assume <laughs> they think I've been an alcoholic in the past, or they look at me in a weird way because I'm not right. drinking. Do you yeah. see what I mean? We're not. There's so many things that agencies aren't set up to to deal with. It. There's a massive. I was speaking to another big holding group, um, and they have a massive issue with they they're bringing people from different backgrounds and brain into advertising, but they're not staying. These people are going within six months because the environment's not set up for them. They're not being nurtured. She said, I mean, it's, there's so many different fundamental issues we need to fix to get to the next level. So how do we, how do you, how do we help those organizations then? What would you suggest that we they do? Because I guess there's sort of two camps, and it's certainly your experience of making the film. There have been certain agencies that have just jumped to the chance to say, yes, of course, we'll, we'll be part of this film, we'll get involved and we'll help however we can. And we know we're going to do our best to, to you know integrate more diversity within our agencies. And then you've got the other agencies that perhaps would like to do the same, but they're just too scared. They just don't know how to start it. They don't know what to do. What What can we say to them to help them? Well, I mean, I think honestly, that was a big part in, in this film. So we we made this film, and then suddenly we had something, and you know that we didn't want it to be the end. But from my point of view, I'm not I'm not even in the industry as much, so it becomes difficult. And you know, she, I think you asked a question where you slightly know the answer. Um, <laughs> so you, with, with yourself, um, um, we've created a essentially a kind of holding place. Uh, for um, agencies to you know go to the website where they watch the film, they don't have to travel far. And underneath the film, I think we're going to provide a whole bundle of information, uh, links, um, and there's also a pledge that agencies can sign up to to at least begin the, their internal conversations to start you know, figuring this stuff out. And then if they're interested in, you know, actually we do want a more diverse workforce we are supplying you know three or four links where they can make that happen or at least they can start the process to make that happen so i mean we did want to make it as easy as possible and if you go on to the website which um you know you you've helped make uh if not fully made yourself um they can certainly begin that process but i do think it's wider i think i think the the, the fulcrum is talking about it and i think that's where you know everything p- pivots from from in those internal conversations i think we need to share as well i mean anything i mean as agencies we obviously see other agencies as competitors and don't want to share sort of our sort of magic thinking etc but i think with diversity we should share what's worked what hasn't worked yeah and just work on there's so many different initiatives we can get going. I mean, you you started an initiative at Publicis, which you should definitely talk about, Sheed, where where you've where you've got what what's it called? Yeah, it's called the lab. The name of- yeah, it's the lab. Um 
yeah, but sorry, my brain's just gone. Yeah, it's the lab. <laughs> it's the lab. Uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, the strapline is a place for bright sparks, and it's uh, we started about seven years ago. So it's like an anti-graduate recruitment scheme where uh, we don't see a CV. And there's just like a an online application form. It's very sort of fun, um, but it's quite smart at the same time. So it doesn't matter how many spelling mistakes you make or anything like that. It's just to sort of get an idea of how you think and where your sort of passion lies, whether you're more of an organizational sort of thinker or creative thinker or maybe more strategic thinker or whatever so you, you get you go through all these different rounds and there's a phone there's a chat on a phone and if you get through there's a sort of live experience day and from that um uh, placements you, you win a placement basically for six months and in around the different agencies around the network around the around the different agencies in the group and it's it's been hugely successful where we've had I say one, you know, some of our biggest superstars in the in the group have sort of come through the lab, and um, it's been phenomenal on on all levels. So it's a team effort, and there's loads of people who who sort of make it happen now. Yeah, and, and stuff like that. I think we need to open source. She said, I mean, there and just say that you guys take take the ideas, run with it. Jeff Bezos does this amazing thing um, where. In they've because they've had issues in the warehouses, etc. They've basically started a, a university at Amazon where they train um, warehouse staff on different jobs. So you could become a long distance truck driver in America. They make quite a lot of money. Right. Um, various degrees and stuff. But what he's done is he's actually gone to loads of CEOs of other big companies and said, "This is what we've done. This is all our DNA on it." This is all our experiences. This is where we went wrong. This is what worked. Um, and you can nick it and you can use it and train your train your staff to make them better and get them better jobs in the future. Yeah. I think taking that philosophy of what he did is actually, rather than just keep it within Amazon, let's open source it so other companies can use it and better staff. I think we should be doing that as agencies yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And if anyone wants to know about the lab and how it works, feel free to get in touch we'll happily you know yeah. share how we do it and mistakes that we made and, and things that work really well but i, I just want to go back because obviously we 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 are hosting this the trailer and the film on the creative floor website so people can have a look and we have got a few links on there of different organizations who can help agencies run programs you know like the lab themselves if they want to or help them develop something completely different if if that's right for them but I, I guess I just want to also go back to what you said Faisal earlier in terms of I found it really interesting when you were talking about you know um, people coming from different countries and and sort of into agencies and not staying because they don't necessarily feel that they're they're being you know thought of or they're not you know they're just culturally just don't fit and people on a Friday with drinks, you know, who don't drink find perhaps being in a, in a slightly uncomfortable situation. And maybe do you think it goes back to having more diversity in leadership roles? Because, you know, there are, there are a huge amount of challenges around, you know, by scaring people by going, well, we don't have enough, you know, disabled access in the office or, you know, we don't have a prayer room or all those sorts of things. But if you had those voices round the table at board level, then actually a lot of those situations resolve themselves because you've got that you've got that coverage, haven't you? You've got that um, you, you're getting those different opinions, plugging those gaps by saying, "Well, actually, you can do this," or you know, rather than giving them a beer, give them 
I don't know, fizzy grape juice or give them some cake or I'll have more things. Well, it goes back to your your podcast you talked about earlier with just looking at different diversity of thought and stuff. I know, and, and I'm to blame as well. So when we launched the first film, I know we keep on talking about the yeah. first film. When I, picked, when I pitched it to my sister, um, when she, for today program, to put it onto the day program years ago, she said, no, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> uh, you don't cover, you, can, you cover bits of diversity, you don't cover all diversity. So we missed out disabilities. We missed out a few things on that yeah. as well. So I'm the as well. So I think 100% we need that different diversity. Even if you bring in people just on a consultancy basis, so it's hard to obviously get all the diverse backgrounds onto management teams, etc. But have people at the end of the phone you can you can talk to or, or just get their opinion do you see, I mean, that's what good CEOs do. They listen to other people's opinions and go with the right, right, right way, don't they? I'd want. I mean, I'd want to take it down to the individual. I'd, I'd ask what if you if you're listening to this and you're like, oh no, it is a good idea. My company should do more. I challenge you to do a little bit more. Uh, so specifically in the next year, I would challenge you to go to. Uh, go and meet young people from a different environment. Go and sell advertising. Go and adver- advertise advertising. Go to a talk, share your time, mentor someone. Because I think a series of individuals reaching out, bringing people up is as useful as massive organizations doing it themselves. So personally, I go back to King's College London because that's where I went to my uni because there are loads of people. I, I'm staying in a world I know. I know it's there's a degree of kind of hypocrisy where I'm going to my, my homogenous environment, but I'm going to them because I know that there aren't enough of them coming to our world and saying, look, we are a good, viable career option after a pharmacology degree. Come to us. I'll have a coffee with you. I'll talk to you about what our industry is. I'll introduce you to people. Um, and I do that and I get a lot, a lot out of it. And I've met some incredible minds uh, doing that. And it's, I mean, it's quite a selfish thing because they, they give great ideas. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, great. Let's use open source software and or ideas to kind of do this on a big scale, but equally do something yourself. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great message. And, and I think people from diverse backgrounds who are thinking about coming into the industry equally want to see people like themselves in their mm. agencies, don't they? Because, you know, you, you, again, let's go back to the Rich's original point, you know, in the podcast around, you know, many CEOs being white, coming from certain backgrounds, coming from certain academia and all those sorts of things. And now somebody from my background <clears throat> looking at the industry today thinking about well would I want to come into it and I'm going well I don't see anyone who reflects me so maybe it's you know it's not for me maybe they don't want people like me um so I think you're right I think the more people that are in the industry who come from you know slightly different backgrounds and we're not talking about color per se we're talking about all as we've spoken about all aspects of diversity who are going out there and just you know um being that point of inspiration and saying hey look at me look what i've done and you know let, let's let's do this together um i think what i'd like to get into a little bit in which I, again i found quite interesting in the documentary uh within certain people's stories was people's own experiences of being um 
people from a person of you know uh, an ethnic minority or people coming from slightly different backgrounds um what's been your experience within the industry itself has it been has it been positive have you had any negative experiences um Faisal let's start with you <laughs> um <laughs> I mean we've all definitely got um good story to tell on that I think there's loads as I said there's loads there's there's the pub there's do you set I mean going down the pub if you're Muslim um and not drinking having a coke and, or lemonade instead of a pint of beer etc there's those mm. issues um there's various I mean there's there's sort of various issues it's quite hard it's quite hard to sort of pick one because there's been little comments throughout my different career, not just the agencies and stuff. I mean, there's, there was one comment where um, there was pizza ordered um, and all the pizza had either ham or pepperoni. Um, and someone just laughed and said, <laughs> we've only got ham and pepperoni. You can't have right. anything. So there's, do you see, I mean, there's, there's been a hundred comments over the years. I think, I think it's just it's that was the rap party for the. Sorry, Faisal. That was definitely. You see what I mean? There's so many different. You've just got. I think that's where we go back to the point of senior management understanding as well. I think that's a massive issue. So, have you ever felt different? I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to. So, you're 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 in in a, you're in a, you're in healthcare communications you've been working in it for quite a long time rich has read the stats out that you know 94 95 percent of people all kind of say you know white middle class backgrounds have you personally ever felt different by being around the table or being in those meetings or doing the job that you do uh yes and no i mean yes obviously as i said it's a societal issue um, because obviously you always feel it from coming from a different background. Um, and growing up in 80s and 90s, you've seen really bad racism, et cetera, in society. And no, and sort of no, because I think the two agencies I've, I've worked in in the past, I've worked with, I've worked with obviously Ujahid. Um, I'm a with, massive racist, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was okay, and then I've worked. I've worked with Dimmy at another agency where we, where we obviously had had that sort of background, etc., and, and sort of thrived off it as well. Um, but it's it depends, doesn't it? I mean, it's. I think it's more societal rather than just sort of agencies as well. And I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think society has changed over the last, I don't know, four or five years, right? And, you know, you saw, you know, politics has sort of changed and, and the mood of the country, you know, certain states and, and the UK specifically has, has changed a lot. And I remember, you know, when, when Brexit happened and when, when Trump came into you know came into office there was this whole sort of piece and people talking around how brands have to now sort of take over to an extent and give back hope <laughs> to society and um i mean have you felt um that that change around the political and societal environment over the last four to five years do you think the issue around diversity has got worse or, or better 
I can I jump in there because I think one of the questions you could rightly ask us as a group, and I think we should be prepared to answer, is does like really does this conversation need to keep going? Like we talked about this ten years ago. Like has is it, things changed that little? And I and to your point, Shahid, I think it's actually more important than ever because society is going backwards because we are yeah. moving towards a more divisive. Um, exclusive environment when we step out of our little echo chambers. And I think someone needs to kind of remind the world that your existence isn't your social media echo chamber. It isn't London. It isn't the M25. It isn't people who go to the same pub as you. The world has lots of different people who represent different things, believe different things, blah, 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 et cetera we need to get along it just it's just going back to richard's point right at the beginning it's the good thing to do for a better society we need to be better accommodating more accommodating of diversity so that's why i think this conversation needs to keep happening that's why i think we as a communications industry have a responsibility when the political industry is being more divisive we need to be more inclusive um and that's why i think we have value in this moment in time I mean, that's. I mean, also, Shahid, how, how do you feel about it coming up from when you went into AMV and then when you went into healthcare as well? Yeah, I, I've never, I've never um, felt di- different. You know, I'm sure I'm speaking for most people who aren't white. It's not like you get up in the morning and you're conscious of what colour you are. <laughs> you know, when you're sat around the table, you just feel like everyone else. So, and I've never been made to feel like I was really any different. Or, or anything like that so um i've had obviously the odd experience you know now and now and again over over my career but it's it's generally been abroad <clears throat> it's never really been um at home uh, in london uh, i think we're quite lucky living in, in in cities like london where it is you know it, it's a bit of a melting pot for for people from all walks of life and in the end everyone's an immigrant aren't they really um so I've I've never personally felt it. I've 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 certainly felt it given me an advantage in certain situations. Um, again, you know, Dimmy's got his own perspective on his dad. I mean, having Dimmy around the table working on a diabetes drug gives him an advantage because from the background that he's come from and and the dad that he's got. So yeah, I've certainly felt it give it's given me a slight edge um, in certain situations. Um, but yeah, I, I personally haven't felt it, which I, which is why I'm, I think this film is really important because, you know, we don't want people to be coming into an environment where they're going to be made to feel different, right? They want to be made, they want to know that they're coming into an industry that embraces difference because they know that difference makes work better. And if we can all make our work better, then, you know, the, the future is going to be rosy and it's going to, you know, be more fruitful and it's going to be more rewarding. So I think that's the thing, right? It's, it's we you know, I think going to school and going to work is different because at school everyone's got horrific stories of <laughs> being picked on for all sorts of differences. You know, it's not necessarily seen as a good thing at school, but when you get into the workplace, you can really see where difference can, can help make an organisation thrive for all number of reasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, Rich, um, as a as a as an as a white minority on this podcast, uh, <laughs> token white. Nice. How do you feel? Yeah, how do you feel about it? 
Well, I, I guess from some extent, you can only talk from personal experience and you recount experiences. You know, I, I have heard um, experiences that I just can't, you know, I haven't lived through. You know, Faisal certainly recounted a couple. Um, although as somebody who doesn't drink and a veggie, I can in some small way. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's difficult for i think if you feel different from people in a room if you look different from people in a room and you're in a meeting and you're around a big table full of people and everybody else looks different i i'm interested to know i guess this is partially why i made the film i'm interested to know how does that feel and you know we got some interesting answers in the film i'll continue to be interested in it you know i've had meetings where i'm the only guy in a room, it seems agencies these days um, do you know are succeeding in in employing women. I think that's um, you know, maybe that's a success story over the past few years. You know, there's still work to be done. I, I definitely think in senior positions. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my personal experience in this is all very limited and and pathetic. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy, enjoy the club, my friend. Enjoy the club. If you look at um, various, if you look at consumer agencies versus healthcare agencies, um, we're really good at the gender diversity. I think. Yeah. Uh, we just need to celebrate that as well as yeah. a, as a group as well. Yeah. I mean, Dimi, how do you feel coming into the industry and your first agency? Were you the only person from a different background? I or? mean, that's kind of the story of my life. In all honesty, I can't, I grew up in Surrey. I went to a, I mean. Apart from my skin tone, I am the archetypal advertising person because I am effectively middle class, privately educated um, and was one of two Asian or non-white people in my school of 800. So was pretty well known there um, to the point where when a new brown kid joined, he, his name became Mini Dimmy immediately. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of used to it. I think it, I, and I've got used to it to a point where it has become it is a kind of foundation foundation of my kind of point of difference so in trying to generate greater diversity in the rooms i'm in i'm actually trying to erode my own kind of competitive advantage um and i'm just a bit bored of it to be honest i'm a bit i don't want to stand out for that reason i don't want to be remembered because i'm the only brown guy or the the whatever brown guy i want to be remembered because i'm good at my job and that bothers me a little bit where there's this kind of ease of remembering me which isn't anything to do with who I am or what I stand for or kind of my ability to do my job um so yeah I mean that's a point in itself having said that I I, to Shahid's point in terms of to what degree has has it affected my career like again I think some of the surprising points in this is that I don't you know, I, I feel different, but I don't feel like it's negative, negatively affected me. I'm trying to encourage people to come in, not because I want the world that I'm in to be better, but because the world is fine that I'm in. It just would be better with more people like me or not like me in it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to come into a safe space. I'm not saying that this is not a good environment and that that needs to change. I'm just saying that it would be it would benefit from greater a greater mix of people said big dimmy cool 
That's cool. Said big dimmy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a point coming back to like health and BAME, which is there are diseases. Um, so there are, there are diseases that over that rely on specific ethnic communities to be involved um, more. So specifically, I mean, there are two things I'm thinking of. One, blood donation. Um, there are, we're massively underserved in non-white communities, which means that if you, um, you're at greater risk of not getting the blood you need, if you have a rare blood type and you have an, you're of a certain ethnic minority, that's the kind of stuff we need more people like us to be working on, to fix so that we can normalize them in our communities. And in order to normalize it in our communities, we need to, it needs to be normalized in the environment in which the work is being made. And two, there are diseases that, um, are simply under like prostate cancer is a really interesting one. I spoke to some guys, two black guys in uh, Collier's Wood who were trying to raise awareness of prostate cancer in specifically non-white people in Collier's Wood. And I thought this was really interesting. And it was because they were saying, our communities don't recognize these diseases. Uh, our communities don't talk about them. Our communities are in a far different place to the overarching conversation about prostate cancer in this country. So we need to do it differently. We need to act about it differently. And in order for them to do it, they are they are using their place and their roles and their language and their lexicons and their kind of cultures to talk about it in a way that's normal to that community as opposed to it being kind of one ubiquitous um term or language or communicational message that is done for a for a country that doesn't really resonate in that region or in that kind of community so i think that's important as well that there is our role and value of talking about diversity in healthcare advertising actually to do a degree has a life or death value to it Mm. we we need to be better at doing it because communities are dying because we're not raising awareness of diseases that affect them in the way that they will hear. And that is a massive call to arms for us to say, this is why we need to exist. It's why we need to be better. We need to think about the um, way we're talking and way we're listening and understand these people, these people, culture, communities, et cetera, better, because literally lives depend on it. Awesome. Man, I, <laughs> I had a point I wanted to make, but Dimmy yeah. just like, absolutely killed the ending. So I'm <laughs> sorry. Great. I mean, I, I'm happy to make it being aware of the whole and being aware of blind spots and, and making it a nice place to work for everybody. And I think as D- Dimitu alluded to, there is personal responsibility. I love that point is personal responsibility for everybody. It's not just people hiring and the people in charge, you know, everybody can make a difference. Are there en- enough initiatives for working class people, for lack of a better time, term? Are there enough initiatives for people that don't, don't go to uni? Um, you know, if you work for a company that only has all white people, you know, that I don't know if that's a great sign. There, there is a need for collaboration and, and anybody can encourage that and spur that on. You know, difference of opinion is great more opinions is even better um but at the same time i do think things are changing you know we made a a version of this 10 years ago it does feel like things are changing but literally when the dial is moving alluding to the stat i gave earlier at a tenth of a percent a year you do know you need to push harder um and i think kind of key 
that this isn't anti-white and I don't think anybody could look at our conversation and the documentary and think that, but it's important to stress it. It is pro everybody. Um, and yeah, if you go on the website, there are, um, as you allude to, uh, you know, there's the ideas foundation, creative access and Jolt. Those are three great touchstones to look at. If you want to encourage your company to hire more diversely. I think that's uh, an amazing, amazing statement to to sort of conclude the podcast. I think, and I, and, you know, I think if no one's been convinced the importance of diversity within our within our day to day jobs, within the products that we make and and the communications that we serve, uh, nothing will. So, we, as uh, as the guys have said, uh, they've made this beautiful little mini documentary the trailer is available today um, on the creativefloor.com slash awards um, if you'd want to get involved and make a pledge just send us an email and uh, we'll get your agencies up on the site and there's some links to other charities and organizations that can help your company uh, with some diversity initiatives um, and the full film will be available on the site in the next couple of weeks um, so do look out for it and uh, keep, a, keep a link to our social media platforms for that um, I'd just like to conclude by saying thank you again for our guests if you have enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe and do share it uh, within your networks. Um, and until the next time, thanks everyone. Thanks, Shahid. Bye. Thanks, thanks everyone. Bye.
Awesome.